Hello there and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, January 17th, 2024. Another severe weather day in many parts of the country. And just for the record, after talking up Orlando yesterday, it was 39 in Orlando this morning. That's like zero anywhere else, less than zero. Trust me, people start wearing hats and gloves when it gets into the 50s here. Today is National Bootleggers Day, which is as much about American history and freedom as it is about the actual people who made and sold whiskey or moonshine back in the days of Prohibition. The term bootlegger comes from the late 1800s when Midwesterners would carry flasks of whiskey in their boots and then trade it with Native Americans, which became a lot more popular and common in the 1920s during Prohibition, when people were told they couldn't drink, make, or sell alcohol. Alcohol, right? Quick history lesson. Since the news cycle has been all about Iowa, history says Templeton Rye, made in the town of Templeton, Iowa, was one of the most popular brands of moonshine, and it was Al Capone's favorite, which the gangster distributed throughout Chicago and Kansas City. Imagine if only Al Capone's vault was filled with Templeton moonshine when Geraldo opened it up. Come on, you know that's funny. If you know anything about whiskey, you know Templeton Rye is still a pretty popular brand today, but I looked it up and it's no longer made in Templeton, Iowa. It is now distilled in Indiana for some reason. And we all know, us whiskey drinkers know, that true whiskey only comes from Tennessee, right? And in the headlines, Iowa Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, the oldest member of the U.S. Senate, is in the hospital today being treated for an infection. We also know that could be extremely serious. Grassley, who is 90, became the oldest member of the Senate after the passing of Dianne Feinstein back in September. He will have to miss today's Senate vote on a short-term spending bill to avoid the government shutdown. And check this out. Before missing a vote in 2020 after he tested positive for COVID, Grassley had 27 years of perfect attendance. 27 years. Wow. So we certainly wish Chuck Grassley well. And last night, the Senate voted 72 to 11 against a bill introduced by Democrat Bernie Sanders that would have made military aid to Israel conditional on whether Israel is violating human rights and international accords with its war in Gaza. 72 to 11, which means a lot of Democrats also voted against Bernie Sanders' bill. And as the media continues dissecting and analyzing the Iowa caucuses every which way possible to make it fit whatever narrative they want, which we'll hear more about in a little bit, Donald Trump, the definitive winner of the Republican caucuses in Iowa, already moved on to New Hampshire, home of America's first primary. That's coming up next Tuesday. One of the most important questions is, and I'm having to answer it all the time, it's the candidate, what candidate can rescue the American economy and save the American dream? You know, you don't hear... When was the last time you heard the phrase American dream? You know, you used to hear it all the time. Well, you hear it with me, and you heard it four years ago, three years ago. But you haven't heard that term in a long time because there is no American dream. It's survival now, and it's embarrassment. And you take a look at what they did with Afghanistan. The most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. Thirteen soldiers dead. We left hundreds of people there that should have been brought out. their hostages. And we left $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. And they're now one of the largest sellers of military equipment. They don't need 700,000. Think of it. 
700,000 rifles and guns, 700,000. They sell them. They make a fortune. We left them there. 70,000 vehicles, many of them armor-plated, costing millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars. We left all of this there. Uh, we are like a country run by fools. They're run by — we're run by fools. And we're going to take it back, and we're going to take it back quickly and methodically. We're going to win that election. We're going to go back into the White House, and we're going to drill, baby, drill. And we're going to strengthen up our border like we used to have it. Remember, we had the safest border in history three years ago, and now we have the worst border probably in the history of the world. There's never been a border for any country, third world, banana republic. There's never been a border like this. There's never been. We're millions, and we'll fix it, and we'll fix it very fast. You know, all, all Biden had to do, you know, when he goes to the beach, because he's got consultants. We all have consultants, right? And they say, uh, you look great in a bathing suit, Joe. <laughs> And why did you go? And so, I mean, I've never seen a guy go to the beach so much, right? And he has a hard time walking in the sand because that's, you know, sand is heavy. And he has a, an even harder time lifting one of those aluminum chairs that are meant for a child to lift, right? He can't lift it. And, uh, and, and you know, if he would have just gone to the beach and left our border alone. Donald Trump speaking at a rally in New Hampshire last night. That's after appearing in a New York City courtroom Tuesday morning after caucusing all day and giving a speech in Iowa on Monday night. We tend to forget how old Donald Trump actually is. I mean, he just has incredible energy. And I just mentioned Al Capone, right? They go after their political opponents with the DOJ and the FBI. That's me. They go after me. I got so many court cases. I've been indicted more than Alphonse Capone. You know who Alphonse <laughs> Greatest gangster of all time. He was the number one of all time. Scarface. Did anybody ever hear? He's a lovely man. If he had dinner, if he took you out to dinner, had dinner with you, and he didn't like the tone of your voice, you were killed. You were guaranteed. I got indicted more than he did, sir. Remember Monday night when Trump congratulated Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis in Iowa last night, moving on to New Hampshire? Not so much. Nikki Haley supported a brutal 23% national sales tax, which is a disaster, by the way, why she did it. And that's why some people call her the Nikki New Tax. I don't, I don't think that's particularly good, but uh, she did support. She uh, wants a 23% national sales tax, and Ron DeSantis wants that also. He wants it to be uh, 23. I think that makes them unelectable. I think if you have a 23% tax like that, I think it makes them unelectable. And there's other reasons they're unelectable, but I can tell you the greatest people in the world that misinformation and disinformation are the radical left crazy Democrats. If they think they're going to have an easy time with somebody, they'll say, oh, we don't want to run against them. They're so good. If they think they're going to get their ass kicked by somebody, they say, that's the one. We want to run against Trump. We want to run against. How did they do the last two times? It was not, it was not good for them. So uh, we're going to take this country. We're going to turn it around. We're going to make it better than ever before, greater than ever before. So now the focus on the primary race shifts from Iowa to New Hampshire. Newsmax host Carl Higby, one of many who thinks the race is pretty much over. 
Haley and DeSantis seem to be the only ones that really can't grasp this concept of the race being over. I Look, I know I'm in the media. I'm supposed to cover this without bias, but let's get real, folks. You know, I've been in Trump's corner since 2015 when he came down the escalator. I was his first spokesman. I was an appointee for him, too. I, I'm not going to pretend I don't have some personal bias, but let, let me unpack this in the least biased way I can. Nikki and, and Ron, they're vying for a distant second. I Look, some people, oh, Carl, Nikki Haley is gaining momentum. And it, sure, fine, whatever, New Hampshire. But she's still not winning there by any poll. She has basically put all her eggs in that basket, been endorsed by the governor, spent a ton of time and money there. Look, I'm not surprised Nikki Haley is getting a larger block than she did in Iowa, New Hampshire Republicans are not as conservative and independents can vote in that primary, given the fact also that even in Iowa, more Haley supporters said they would vote for Joe Biden over Trump. So I'm not really that surprised she's getting closer in second place in New Hampshire. I I don't think she's going to win, but let's suspend reality for a moment and some odd chance she does win. What's her path to victory after that? Her own state where she was governor at one point. Trump more than doubles her in the polls, far exceeding the 50% mark. Again, the state where she was a governor. And that was before Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out and endorsed Trump. That'll probably give him another 5 to 7% down there. But Ron and Nikki are hanging on. And look, I don't want to dog Ron too much. I like him. I was served with him in the military. Like, he's a great guy, fantastic governor. Just not his time. But Ron and Nikki are hanging on to some weird recent poll showing that, you know, quote, Trump and Haley and DeSantis are all beating Biden. Well, I would hope so. The guy in the White House is basically a houseplant. But that poll just assumes that all the Trump people who wait in line for three days to attend these 50,000 person rallies for Trump will show up at the polls for them. And I just don't think that's the case. That's my man, Carl Higby, keeping it real on Frontline, weekdays at 5 o'clock Eastern. So I mentioned in the open the media coverage of the Iowa caucuses and the various spins that you may have heard. This is Rob Schmidt, host of Rob Schmidt Tonight on Newsmax. MSNBC needed its entire primetime staff to handle the Iowa caucuses. And with 10 overpaid, underwhelming talking heads all vying to fearmonger the loudest and the hardest, The show did not disappoint. We're going to begin with Joy Reid, who suffers with a rare brain disorder that doesn't allow her to view the world under any context aside from race. Reid, a black woman who used her job to keep her, uh, who used her race to keep her job after being revealed as a homophobe, was quick to shame Iowa voters and Iowa itself as a state with far too many white Christian people. Take a look. Iowa is about 61% white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41% white Christian. They see themselves as the rightful inheritors of this country, and Trump has promised to give it back to them. All the things that we think about, about electability, about, you know, what are people gaming out, or Mm -hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours, and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is is a fraudulent American. She casually says this in a country founded by white Protestants, of course. You live in a country where certain people are now cheered on for their despicable bigotry. They proudly scream it on television while labeling themselves as progressive. They shame the rest of us for the color of our skin and force us to walk around on eggshells worried about microaggressions, exactly what our founding fathers had in mind. Just remember, no matter how much trash Joy Reid talks about your country, she's never going to leave. MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell joined in on the white hatred, an obedient, self-hating white liberal whom Joy Reid allows to speak. O'Donnell 
supported Joy, constructing a totally fraudulent narrative about conservatives and immigration based on themes the Democrat Party has been pushing for three years. As we've seen our southern border decimated and watched the media try to normalize millions of people from Central America, the Middle East, and Africa just walking into your country, remember, it's not open borders that's the problem. It's you. You're just racist. 81% of Republican primary voters and caucus participants, 81% of those people agree with Donald Trump that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country. That means that 81% of the Republican primary electorate believe Nikki Haley has poisoned blood and is poisoning the blood of the United States. Can you imagine watching these people on any kind of a regular basis? They decimate the sovereignty of a country, use the media to normalize total insanity to the masses, and then they call you racist if you're angry about it. That's Rob Schmidt, who also took notes on CNN's coverage of Trump. Trump and his team put together a very gracious, heartfelt speech. The former president spoke about his family, about the recent loss of his mother-in-law. CNN took some of that speech, and then CNN's news guy, Jake Tapper, who typically applauds Joe Biden's incomprehensible and dementia-ridden speeches, couldn't help but share his disapproval with Trump's speech, twisting his words at the end, as they always do. The biggest victory for a non-incumbent president in the modern era for this contest, a relatively subdued speech as these things go so far, although here he is right now under, under my voice. You hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Anti-immigrant rhetoric again. If you're not okay with 20 million people pouring into your country, you're anti-immigrant. Don't feel bad. Most Democrat mayors are as well. Rob Schmidt is the host of Rob Schmidt Tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. Today, President Biden hosts a panel of congressional leaders at the White House for discussions on national security and some other things. And there is a White House press briefing scheduled actually before the president's meeting with Press Secretary uh, Press Secretary, excuse me, Corinne Jean-Pierre and National Security Council Coordinator John Kirby. Over on Capitol Hill, the Senate is voting on a spending measure to keep the government open, as I mentioned a little while ago, and House committees are forging ahead with several investigations, including the Biden bribery investigation. We go back to Rob Schmidt. Hunter Biden's art dealer singing like a canary, blowing up the White House's narrative over Hunter's art dealings, George Burgess telling the House Oversight Committee that the White House never communicated anything to him about ethics requirements governing Hunter Biden's art sales, exposing a lie from a 2021 New York Times article that claimed the Biden White House was uh, helping to develop a system for Hunter Biden to sell his pieces of art without him or anyone in the administration knowing who bought them. Typical nonsense from the New York Times that literally works for the Biden administration. In fact, during his recent closed-door interview, Burgess stated that Hunter knew most of the identities of the people who were buying his art. No kidding. They were Democrat donors, including Hunter's attorney, Kevin Morris, who was just with him in front of the House Oversight Committee, uh, and also Elizabeth Hirsch-Neftali, a woman who was appointed to a very prestigious commission for the preservation of America's heritage uh, back in 2022, appointed by Joe Biden. Oh, so you buy a little art. You get a nice presidential appointment you can brag about to your friends and get connected. I see how it works. Burgess called it unusual, saying a gallerist does not typically 
tell the artist who is buying their work. So not only did they not do anything to protect from this obvious grift, they did things that were bizarre for any artist, which is revealing who's buying the art. George Burgess also revealing uh, that uh, he has talked on the phone and met in person with Joe Biden while he was selling Hunter Biden's art, even attending a wedding that the Bidens had at the White House. More of that no evidence of Joe Biden's involvement, right? Congressman James Comer joins us now, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, uh, who started, uh, who interviewed uh, Hunter's art dealer. Sir, it's, it's good to have you on. I guess we shouldn't be too surprised. Uh, tell us more. Yeah, well, I mean, we were surprised. We actually thought the White House did at least make contact with George Burgess and set some phony ethics rule in place to so, so they could say they had some type of ethics uh, in place. But we were shocked to learn that George Burgess never communicated with anyone from the White House. He, he knew nothing about an ethics thing. I don't guess he even watched the news or read the New York Times. He didn't even know there was ever even an article written that there was an ethics plan in place approved by the White House. So this is another lie by the White House. And again, we also learned that Joe Biden met with him and that George Burgess even attended the wedding at the White House. So uh, every player that's involved in these schemes with the Bidens, Joe Biden is a central figure. He's always front and center. This was proven again with this deposition with George Burgess. Kentucky Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee with Rob Schmidt. And what exactly is happening with the Hunter Biden deposition? I want to get an update on Hunter and, and this, this closed-door deposition uh, that he's been trying to avoid. Uh, House Judiciary uh, and your committee oversight uh, with fresh new subpoenas to force Hunter Biden to finally testify behind closed doors. His legal team says they would comply if they got a new subpoena. What, what was the point of that? What is happening here? Well, it looks like uh, Abby Lowell's been humbled. Uh, he's essentially come crawling back. Uh, their publicity stunts didn't resonate with the public. I think the public sees what you and I see, Rob. Why won't he come in and answer the questions? I mean, this is a simple request. Uh, this is a major investigation. We've been thorough. We've been substantive. We've done everything the right way. And the bottom line, we can win in court. Anywhere, uh, anytime someone defies a subpoena or uh, tries to uh, object or obstruct, and this heads to court, we will win. We've done this the right way. Abby Lowell sees that. Now he's come back and said, all right, all right, we'll come. We'll do the deposition. Yeah. And we're negotiating on a date. But look, if they don't give us a date yeah. uh, in the next few weeks, then we will proceed with, with contempt. Uh, we're ready to go with contempt. The votes are there. Uh, but at the end of the day, Rob, I want to bring, and so does Jim Jordan, we want to bring Hunter Biden in. Uh, this has been a, a very thorough investigation. We have hundreds of specific questions about specific transactions and specific meetings that Hunter Biden took with our enemies around the world that resulted in millions of dollars going into the Biden family's back pocket. So uh, we believe if we have to wait three, three more weeks, three or four more weeks to get him in for a deposition, will do it. But they know that they're going to be held in contempt and they know that Merrick Garland will have to treat Hunter Biden the exact same way he's treated Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon. That's a given. Abby Lowell's finally figured that out. And uh, 
here we are in a, in a very strong position moving forward with this deposition. Again, that's Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, sounding very confident on finally getting a closed-door deposition with Hunter Biden. The World Economic Forum is underway in Davos, Switzerland. This is a big deal every year. Some of the top CEOs from around the world and renowned economists as well as world leaders all speak on economic conditions and business conditions around the world. Guess who was there yesterday? Tragedies are outpacing life. The tyranny is outpacing the democracy. The supply of Ukraine with air defense systems must outpace Russia's next missile attacks. That's Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky asking for more sanctions against Russia and more money for Ukraine. Meanwhile, at the same time, officials back in Ukraine are saying Russian airstrikes hit a residential building in the city of Kharkiv, killing at least 17 people. With all that's been going on in Israel and Gaza, you're not hearing much about Russia's invasion of Ukraine anymore, but it's still happening. In fact, we're not even hearing as much about what's going on in Gaza anymore. Oh, and the Biden administration, who had taken the Houthi rebels, you know, the ones that have been firing on all the ships in the Red Sea and fired on U.S. troops, they took them off the terror list back when Biden first got into office. Now, late yesterday, they deem them as a terror organization again. You'll be hearing more about that today, probably in the White House press briefing. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan are also speaking at the Economic Forum in, in Davos. And there is big business news as well. A federal judge on Tuesday blocked the $3.8 billion merger of struggling Spirit Airlines with JetBlue. Spirit Airlines stock took a nosedive, losing nearly 50% of its value in a matter of hours. The markets across the board were lower yesterday as well. Now the Fed is saying they may not lower interest rates as soon as what had been expected or some other Fed talk stuff. And earnings season is again underway on Wall Street, which also makes things very volatile. With earnings especially, it's just like a big game with your 401k and your IRA at risk, right? Basically, your life savings at stake. If you're a day trader, yes, the volatility is good. I get that. If you're a regular person, well, not so much. Stay up to date on all the news all day long with Newsmax, which is available on most major cable systems. If you have AT&T, Xfinity, Fio, Spectrum, then you have Newsmax. And have you checked out the new Newsmax Plus yet? Simply go to NewsmaxPlus.com, get signed up for your free trial. That's NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all of your favorite shows and guests with a lot more. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. I appreciate that. Keep on sharing it with your friends and family. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.